Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lentz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. We're beginning our series in the Song of Solomon called An Invitation to Intimacy. These teachings are carefully thought out by Pastor Michael, and the subject matter is best suited for married or engaged couples. These teachings may not be suitable for young children. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching called An Invitation to Intimacy. At Sinai, the people were afraid of God. They said, you go talk to him. They made a marriage covenant, but it was largely from a distance. But when Jesus came as our good shepherd, we got to know him face to face on our level. He became one of us. And so it may well be that Solomon is a type of the Messiah. We don't want to push it too far. But Solomon was the son that was going to sit on David's throne. And there is a definite parallel from Solomon to Christ. And so that's one way to see it. Now, others see it this way. Solomon shows up at that same vineyard, sees that same girl, but she's in love with a shepherd boy who's uh, distinct from Solomon. And Solomon tries to win her, though she's in love with somebody else. And the book is him trying to basically woo her to himself away from the shepherd boy that she actually loves. I do not give much credence to option two because I don't think that Solomon would write a book where he's the villain, do you? (laughs) And plus, there's enough in the book to see that she actually loves Solomon. So I think option two is out. I think Solomon is, if there is a backstory that we can kind of link this to, I think the first option that he's the shepherd king is a good one. There are seven idols here uh, that we'll come across set in song or musical theater. And some of the content is, you might even say erotic. You might find yourself, instead of saying amen, saying, oh my. And uh, you, you may have thought that, is this book really in my Bible? I've, did someone like tape it in there or something? No, it's been there for a long time. In fact, this book was accepted by all the Jewish fathers and all the early Christian fathers, although there was some debate because of its content, like some people had questions about it, but it was accepted from very early days on a wide spectrum. So the book is about romantic love, but it has that additional higher level of spiritual intimacy. Paul put it this way, Ephesians 5, 31, 32. For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Ephesians 5, 31 and 32. It is undeniable that there is a link from this idea of marital uh, romance to spiritual realities. Spurgeon put it this way. It, the Song of Solomon, is a book of deep mystery, not to be understood except by the initiated. This book stands like the tree of life in the midst of the garden. No one will ever be able to pluck its fruit and eat of it until he has been brought to Christ and pass the sword of the cherubim and, it, and is then able to rejoice in that love that delivered him from death, close quote. And so we can see the backstory, we can see the genre, we can see some of the structure, and it opens with an explosion of words from the bride to be 
this, in this way. Just one other note. It doesn't work chronologically. It starts with the wedding night and then like some movies goes back to revisit the days leading up to the wedding. So it's not necessarily in chronological order. She says, verse two, may he kiss me with the kiss of his mouth for your love. The idea of the word love there can mean to boil. Your love is better than wine. Now she desires to kiss him and kissing in relationships is a good thing. Uh, I heard a marriage ministry say recently, no matter how long you've been married, you should continue to passionately kiss, not just do a bushel and a peck. See ya, love ya. On the side, right? Now, when we kiss passionately, they say you should kiss at least 15 to 20 seconds. Try not to count with a hand that she can see as you're doing it. You heard uh, the guy who went to the uh, counselor with his wife. They were having some problems and, you know, they began to talk to him and she began to break down and cry and the counselor just walked over and gave her a hug and just held her for a moment and she wept on his shoulder and he looked at the man. He said, you see, that's all she needs, just a little tender affection. And the husband replied, okay, what days can we come in during the week so that you can... <laughs> provide that for her. Since I'm a guy, I'm going to challenge you guys to say that some of you are romantically impaired. I just want you to let that settle for a moment. And if you are romantically impaired, you're going to be in trouble because you need to continue to woo your bride. And there are ways to keep romance fresh. Things change, of course, as years go by. Nonetheless, here is her desire to kiss him. She wants to kiss him because his love, keyword, his love is better than wine. In Jewish culture, wine was a symbol of life and joy. So to say his kiss or his love is better than wine is to say it, it is one of the most uh, important, pleasant things in my life. We love him because he first loved us. Jesus says, all men will know that you belong to me for your love, because of your love, one for another. If you want to know the art of attraction, if you're a younger person and you're trying to measure, or maybe you're, you know, uh, a person who's middle-aged or older, but you're still desiring a relationship with someone, let me just say the first thing that you should look at is love. Are they a loving person? Well, how do we know what love is? 1 John 3.16 answers the question. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, so we ought to lay down our lives for one another. What should you look for if you're a young lady? Look for, is he chivalrous? Does he open the door for you? Is he tender? Does he push you? Is he harsh? If he's harsh in the courting days, look out. Because you're getting his best foot forward right now. So look to see if he's filled with the love of God, which is a sign that he's a believer walking in the Spirit because the first fruit of the Spirit is love. Amen? So she says, it's your love that has drawn me to you. He loved us while we were yet enemies, Romans 5.8. We can grow in love, Philippians 1.9. His loving kindness is better than life, 
Psalm 63, 3. This is the kind of love with which he has loved us. And since marriage captures that love of him for his bride, so our marriages, when they are loving, become a picture of the gospel. And when they are not, they muddy the gospel message. That's just the facts. So she is celebrating her, his love and she says, your oils have a pleasing fragrance. Verse three, your name, another key word to underline, is like purified oil. NIV, your name is like perfume poured out. When Mary poured out that costly perfume in John 12, verse three, it said that the fragrance of the perfume filled the house. She said, your name is like the best cologne. Let me just say this to you guys. A good name, Solomon will write in Proverbs, is better than many treasures, gold and silver. A good name is to be treasured. And there is only one way to get a good name. A good name comes from good character. And the sweetest cologne is an honorable name. Now I will tell you this, I said to you just a little bit earlier, for a while I did not do things God's way. And I'm not sure when my name was brought up in certain company, what people would say about my name. But that has changed. God has made me a new creation in Christ Jesus, along with my beautiful bride. And now I believe I have a good name. There's always a chance to start again. If you've done things the wrong way, I don't want you to feel condemned today. I just want you to hear the word of God. Because the, the word of God is always about new beginnings. It's always about grace and forgiveness and love in the gospel. A good name, Ecclesiastes 7.1, he wrote it later in his life, is better than fine perfume. So if you are considering someone to court or potentially to marry, let me ask you a question. Have you considered their character? Do you know who they are? Do you know what they believe? Do you know what kind of morality they normally demonstrate at work and in friendships and in other places? Character should be at the top of your list. And if you find a man or a woman of high character, then they're probably going to be a keeper because beauty fades, right? Beauty over time fades, but a beautiful person in the heart is the most important thing. I'm not saying that looks on the outside don't matter. Because they, they're not a bad thing, okay? But I'm just saying this. What is truly going to last if you're married for many decades to the same individual is the inside beauty and a commitment to a covenant where you will find safety and blessing and hope. She says, because of your high character, this is why the maidens, verse three, part B, love you. No wonder the maidens love you. Look, this guy is a catch. And even the wedding party or her friends are like, well, yes, he's a catch. Where do you find a man like him? They know he's a catch and she realizes he's a catch as well. And so she says, draw me after you. Let us run together. The king, notice now, he's the king, has brought me into his chambers. The chambers here speak of the, the, the bridal, uh, the bridegroom and, and the bride being together on that wedding night. But this is anticipatory. The, the wedding party responds. We will rejoice in you and be glad. We will extol your love, celebrate it more than wine. They repeat what she said. 
Rightly do they, a reference to the virgins, love you. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you listen to Walk in Truth on a regular basis, we could use your help by becoming a monthly financial partner. Our mission on Walk in Truth is to help people like you become better equipped with God's Word to address today's issues, trends, and culture. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with other monthly expenses. What we really need is more monthly partners so the program will be sustained in the months and maybe even years to come. Our ultimate goal is to eventually become 100% listener-supported and then have the ability to broadcast on more radio stations to reach more people like you. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner, giving $10 to $20 a month. You can give online today at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now back to the Walk in Truth series called An Invitation to Intimacy. The subject matter is best suited for married or engaged couples and may not be suitable for younger children. Here's Pastor Michael. Look, this guy is a catch. And even the wedding party or her friends are like, well, yes, he's a catch. Where do you find a man like him? They know he's a catch and she realizes he's a catch as well. And so she says, draw me after you. Let us run together. The king, notice now he's the king, has brought me into his chambers. The chambers here speak of the, the, the bridal, uh, the bridegroom and, and the bride being together on that wedding night. But this is anticipatory. The, the wedding party responds. We will rejoice in you and be glad. We will extol your love. Celebrate it more than wine. They repeat what she said. Rightly do they, a reference to the virgins, love you. Everybody in the wedding party is excited for this couple. Let me give you an insight here. If you bring someone home and your parents and grandparents give the thumbs down... <laughs> You may want to pay attention to that. Let me say why. I'm not saying they're always going to be correct because those of you who have daughters have cleaned your shotgun for years now, (laughs) waiting for the prospective suitor to arrive. No one's good enough for my baby. Don't even think about it. And you've been cleaning that gun. And and I'm not going to say it's not a good idea. (laughs) But here's the thing. If your closest friends... People who have good moral discernment and your family don't like the person, you should pay attention to that. I'm not saying that's always going to be 100% correct. I'm just saying it's something to take note of. What we would like is everybody to be celebrating it. I know it's hard for parents to let go, so I'm not going to comment on that hard part of it. You guys get what I'm saying. If you have a best friend in the Lord saying... I don't think this is a good idea. Or you say something like this. He'll, he'll become a Christian after being with me. I know I'm just going to rub off on him. And you're doing missionary dating. <laughs> she will become a believer. She's so beautiful. She has to. Right? And you overlook the fact that she's not spiritually born again. You in trouble. You got to make sure you're on the same page. 
That's why the Bible says to be equally yoked. And so everyone's celebrating their love, verse 5. And she says, she has some doubts about her look. She says, I am black or very dark, ESV, New King James, but lovely or beautiful. O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, they were black, made of goat's hair. Like the curtains of Solomon, which were also black. Do not stare at me because I am swarthy. All other versions say dark. But here's why. This has nothing to do with her heredity, nothing to do with the melanin amount in her skin. She's tan. She's Middle Eastern, so she already has olive skin most likely. But she's been burned by the sun. Notice it says, for the sun has burned me. My mother's sons, that's her brothers, were angry with me. They made me caretaker of the vineyard. She's a peasant who works in the sun for many hours. And she says, I've not taken care of my own vineyard, which may point to her body like she dresses in the garb of a worker. And the sun has beat down on her and she's done a lot of hard labor. And so she's not really tried or had time to present herself in a more girly fashion to gain a suitor. She's been too busy working hard. And she's so burned by the sun that she's got a suntan. Now, in our culture, a suntan is never anything to apologize about, right? We, we know all the songs about it. We know the beaches of Southern California. If you've got a tan, you got it going on. But back in the day, lily white, milky white skin meant that you were under the regal roofs and not exposed as a peasant to long hours in the, in the sun. And so what would happen is, if you were dark, it meant you were poor. It meant you were a hard worker. Now the Bible actually celebrates hardworking women. Rebecca, Rachel was a shepherdess, according to the book of Genesis, hard worker. The Proverbs 31 woman makes her arms strong. She works out. She can bench press a lot of weight. Now, this is celebrated in the Bible, and I will say this, even though this is the time, and that's why she doubts her appearance, strong women are something to celebrate. And I don't think I've met a woman that's not strong. <laughs> I, I think that's a, a beautiful gift in a marriage. I'm married to a beautiful woman who is strong. Now, I can beat her in arm wrestling, and if I couldn't, that would be pathetic. <laughs> However... She's strong in so many other ways. In fact, my wife can fix just about everything. And some people say, does that challenge your masculinity? Response, not at all. I celebrate it every single day. On Christmas morning, you know who's putting the bike together years ago? It ain't Pastor Michael. And here's why. She wouldn't let me touch it. You know why? She knew what I would do which I would mess it up. So I made hot cocoa. She put the bike together. And everything's well in the Lance household. Now she doubts her looks, which is a sign of humility to me. She doubts her class. How could a king love me? But that's what I think just about every day when I think about Jesus's love for me. Amen? How could this king love me? He knows who I am. I don't feel presentable to him most days of my life. I don't know why he chose to love me, to buy me with the dowry of his blood, but he did. And that thrills my heart, frankly. That's a love that makes me deeply desire to look into his eyes one day. 
And that's the love that's here. Tell me, O you whom my soul loves. Seven, she asks, where do you pasture your flock? Since you're dressed as a shepherd, where do you make it lie down at noon? For why should I be like the one who veils herself beside the flocks of your companions? Now, since he's dressed as a shepherd, she's got some questions like, she says, well, where do you hang out? This is kind of like a playful uh, leading into a rendezvous, but she doesn't want to go too far because she believes that things should be done properly. The man should be the aggressor. She doesn't want to be veiled. Some people say it's the veil of a prostitute. I don't know if that's the case. But she doesn't want to go poking around the tents of other shepherds that are out there. So she wants to know where he hangs out. Is it at the mall? You know, where is it? So they can have a little rendezvous and get to know each other better. And that's all that's going on here. And I would just say some playful uh, talk like this when it's appropriate can be good you know, just, just to have some fun and just say, you know, where could we meet to get to know each other better? Of course, on an appropriate plane, whether you meet for coffee or whatever, etc. You've been listening to An Invitation to Intimacy, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in the Song of Solomon, Chapter 1, Verse 1 through Chapter 2, Verse 7. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Hey, we'd also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from today's teaching or maybe from a previous teaching, or maybe you have a question about something else, or you need encouragement or prayer. Hey, maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you personally. You can always email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Hey, and thanks for reaching out. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, maybe you're wondering about dating and, you know, maybe even subjects like flirting Who decides what's appropriate and what should happen when and what are we to do about these kinds of things? Well, you know, as the Bible, as we look at the biblical record, we know that many marriages were arranged and people seem to marry a lot younger in biblical times. And that may be part of the challenge in our modern age. We think that people should go, you know, through four years of college and then uh, wait until they're you know, maybe established and, and all of that until they get married. And that may be right or wrong. We know the Bible doesn't give us an age per se. But here's the thing. The Bible does bless the marriage covenant. And when we're asking questions about what's appropriate, here's what we want to do. We want to treat somebody with honor and respect. We we want to, I, I have three boys, if you didn't know that. And I told the three boys Your job is to protect the woman that you're going to love for the rest of your life, to honor her. Um, I instructed them to go to the dad of that girl if they wanted to date her. Um, We we did things, you know, in in terms of fellowship where we tried to um, set up things that were good boundaries, healthy boundaries. But, you know, a commitment to waiting until you're married is something that you you need to decide before the Lord and need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to carry out for the reasons that you want to honor God first and foremost. 
and you want to honor your spouse. You know, brethren, as I talk about these subjects, my wife and I are celebrating 33 years of marriage and marriage is a blessing. And I know people joke about marriage and they say, well, it's not easy. And, and it's true. There are challenges to loving someone faithfully for your whole life. But I'll tell you what, the blessings are amazing. Uh, to love one person well for your whole life is is a wonderful picture of the gospel. And if you've not experienced that kind of love, I'm sorry. But that love is available to you in Jesus Christ. You see, marriage is a picture of the gospel, especially when marriage is done the right way. And so my prayer for you is that you would find that love in Jesus And some of you have the gift of singleness out there. Some of you are widows and you do not, or widowers, and you do not intend to marry again. And there will be a different type of intimacy that I pray that you'll enjoy with the Lord. And it won't be a physical intimacy, but it will be nonetheless a spiritual closeness with the Lord that I pray will sustain you and strengthen you and give you hope. And I'll see you right here tomorrow. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner? Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with some of the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for only $5 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in the Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 1, through chapter 2, verse 7, called An Invitation to Intimacy. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.